Hello and welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have up on air and online 24-7 here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. Um, our last show was this past Tuesday. Today is the the 7th of April. It is Good Friday. It is the middle of the Passover uh, holiday. Uh, It is also, let's see now, it is uh, Friday, Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday was the day that Donald Trump was arraigned in federal court uh, in New York. Uh, And basically, uh, the, the... the documentation supporting uh, his arraignment, his arrest, his arraignment, his the declaration that he was um, under the jurisdiction of the court and that a case would take place. Uh, having read that and read the and read both the 34 uh, criminal counts against him, the tax, the uh, the tax, uh, not evasion, but the misstatement of records and, and, and tax cheating, let's call it, for lack of getting it, to not get into the weeds on this, legal weeds, uh, are all pretty straightforward standard counts. Um, and the narrative supporting those statements was particularly compelling. All in all, if you were to read this as a New York attorney practicing in that area of criminal law you would say if you know if if you if you knew what you were looking at and and knew what wasn't going to be there knew that the fine details the proof of everything well that's coming as time goes on but if you were if you were in any way a relatively experienced new york attorney dealing in this type of case you most probably would say, damn, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's, it's close to a slam dunk. There, it's just too straightforward. And, and what creates the slam dunk here is the fact that the Cohen material, what happened with Michael Cohen has already been the subject of a federal case, but, but it's not depending on the federal uh, jurisdiction. It's depending on just the fact pattern behind that. And there are three different theories. There's the tax, there's the, there's the misstatement of records. There's, there are so many different paths that Alvin Bragg has left open to himself. Any conviction on any one of the 34 counts could get Donald somewhere in the range of about, I don't know, four years. As a, as, a, as a first-time criminal defendant, certainly not a first-time offender, not declared offender, but as a first-time criminal defendant, uh, it, 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 he may wind up with some sort of a, uh, a deal. It could be an ankle bracelet. It could be, certainly, it could, it could be uh, probation. I, I, I don't know how this would actually work out, although Alan Weisselberg uh, finds himself doing six months on Rikers for, for what he was uh, accused of, and I, I, I think 
I, I, I can't compare both uh, sets of crimes or of alleged, well, in the case of Weisselberg, of, uh, of, of accused crimes, and, and Weisselberg pled guilty in the end. That was the deal. Trump, of course, pleads innocent. Naturally, it's what he's going to do. And, uh, but based on what happened to Weisselberg, fairness would seem to dictate that Donald would do some time. Now, how, again, how this works out, I don't know. But, but all of the people that I've heard talking about, whoa, there is no, nothing there, says Donald's attorneys as they step outside the courtroom and begin to try to readjust the narrative, which is standard for any defense attorney, but in particular for Donald Trump. What you will hear and what you heard uh, uh, Joe, uh, what's his name? I can't think of his attorney's name there. Uh, he, he, he looks like a perfect mob lawyer to me, by the way. Just, just, you know, Pacapino, Tacapino, or I can't think of, you know, he just, just looks, he looks and sounds the role. And in any event, the notion that there's nothing there and Donald and my lawyers told me there's nothing there. No, 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 no. There's plenty there. Everything necessary to convict Donald is there. Now, you, you go from that, of course, to the, uh, you, you go to the, uh, uh, the motion calendar, as it's called. And this is the period of time that one side has to respond to the, uh, con the contents to put together the motions it would want to make with respect to them. In other words, here, here are rulings that we have that we, we're reacting to this, uh, to this complaint. We're reacting to what is here. We want this evidence in. We don't want this evidence in. Here are certain ways in which we feel the process should take place. This is all expressed in the form of what we call motions. And once those motions are delivered to the court, and they have to be delivered within, I believe, four months, something like that, giving them plenty of time to develop, think through, and write out these things in probably some long, excruciating form, or in the case of Trump's people, not so long and still excruciating, then the prosecution has the time and the ability equally to go ahead and respond to those motions. Well, we want this, we want that, we don't want this, we have our own motion, blah, 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 and on and on and on. And that would take us to somewhere around December of this year when the court would make a decision about what the situation is and, okay, here are the motions, here's my decision on these motions, here's when we'll, and then a decision will be made up when we go to trial. And that could make the trial in the early part of 2024, or it could be substantially later. I, I, I don't know how this would go. I'll tell you right now, it won't be a terribly, it doesn't need to be a terribly long trial. The facts are well established. Donald, I'm, I'm guessing... I'm guessing his attorneys will do everything in their power to not let him on the witness stand. Uh, he's, he's avoided the witness stand in civil trials in the past. With this, with his 
freedom on the line. I, I, I don't know how that'll work out. If he gets on the witness stand and attempts to defend himself, he will be impeached very, very quickly. In other words, it will be shown that he is lying. And, and then he runs perjury charges on top of everything else. But, I, so, but we're talking about something now that's the next, the next visible step in the process is going to be another eight months down the road, December. It's early April. Okay. What was also discussed during the arraignment, and what made the arraignment, this is, this is very important, what normally would have been a 10 or 15 minute process, blah, 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 you go, you get fingerprint, you get taken into the court, you get your fingerprints, you get all that stuff. Go into the court, and the charges are read against you, guilty, not guilty, uh, the, the, the defense may move for remand, they may say we want him in jail, the, prosecu uh, the, uh, sorry, the prosecution would move for remand, the defense will say no, there's no risk of blah, 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 and the judge will just sort of give a ground rules statement to both sides. We, I want no, I want no witness tamper, I want no ba da ba da you will not da da ba you will not speak blah, 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 blah. This, the blah, 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 uh, began with Trump. But the blah, blah, blah basically included copies of recent truth socialoid. Oh, God. Ugh. I shiver at the very thought of, of how that was named, but this is, this is, uh, this is Trump. Uh, truth social post by Trump, lambasting, threatening, calling names at, just, just demeaning uh, Alvin and, his, and his, uh, his, uh, his wife and, and the judge and the judge's daughter and everything else. And that got a longer conversation going in the courtroom. And that conversation included warnings from the judge. Didn't, didn't, it was not, it was not put out in the form of an order. In other words, it wasn't, okay, you are here, I hereby rule that. No, it was, I want you to understand, and talking to his lawyers, talking to Donald's lawyers as much as anything else, saying, look, I want no, no nastiness, I don't want any bad talk, I want no threats, I want no, nothing that would incite violence. I, I want this to be clean. I want this to be a clean trial. I want you to do nothing that would incite violence or basically turn this into any kind of a circus. This is my court. You will not do that. Does your client understand? Donald looks at the judge and says, yes. That he understood that he's not supposed to do anything. No dog whistles, no, no, no little level, low-level naughtiness that basically ultimately will excite, uh, a uh, excite his masses, his minions, to basically uh, do nasty things or then in turn to go ahead and start threatening uh, the court, threatening the district attorney, threatening potentially in the future witnesses. And Donald, you know how to do this. You know it ever so well. Will you do anything? You understand, you understand what I don't want to see happen? Yes, says Donald. Do you understand what you're not supposed to do? Yes, says Donald. And Donald gets out of court, goes down to Florida, Mar-a-Lago, and has a fundraiser right there at Mar-a-Lago. They, they tape it, they brought whatever they do with it. And what does Donald do? 
exactly the opposite. He turns around and he begins bad-mouthing Alvin Bragg. He begins bad-mouthing Bragg's wife. He begins bad-mouthing the judge. He begins bad-mouthing the judge's daughter. He does virtually everything that he said he would not do and was told not to do, he does. And the judge had said to him, you understand that this will result, and he said it to his attorneys, this will result in you being brought back here. This could result in a number of very, very unsavory situations for you. It could result in basically your absence of freedom. It, and all of this was said. There, there's a transcript of this that was taken. People who were in the court, the court re reporters heard all this, heard this back and forth. And what's the first thing Donald does when he gets out in Florida? Exactly the opposite. He instantaneously challenges the judge to do something about it. Now, if you're the judge, you, you have, of course, the, the option of saying, uh, uh, yeah, the, the guy just absolutely turned around and just did exactly what I told him not to do. And I have every right in the world to call him back right now and stick him in prison for a night. Or, I don't know, the, the first thing would be to put a gag order on him, uh, then, then put him in prison. But knowing that there are eight months between now and the next hearing, the judge, for whatever reason, and I, I think possible, well, clearly there's a political consideration. Most other, again, we're, we're down to Donald versus the rest of the world and how he is treated. Donald basically got off with a uh, nothing. I haven't heard a word from the judge specifically. But clearly he violated both the spirit and the letter of the, uh, let's call it the request made by the judge that things be cool, that, not, that this not be done. That, because what's happened, of course, immediately, once he'd said all these things, then death threats and all kinds of threats of physical violence began coming in against the judge and against the district attorney. Again, as though this is somehow, well, it's Donald, we expect this sort of thing. So, you know that this is going to come to a head you know that the next time something like this, or maybe the two times from now, I have no idea, but whenever Donald gets it into his head to react to this again, something will be done by the judge. Some, the judge will have to respond to this. If the court does not respond to Donald defying it, then basically it says that it does not truly have jurisdiction and control over the case. This judge will not permit that for any length of time. How long it will take and up to what point it will be allowed to go, I don't know. I don't know if the judge knows. But we'll all know when it gets to that point. There will be warnings issued to Trump's attorneys and to Trump. Do this one more time and the next time probably a gag order. Defy the gag order and we begin with remand at various levels. A first time a day, next time a week, next time two weeks. You could potentially be in jail until this matter is actually resolved. And in fact, in court, 
it was said during his, his arraignment that if it got to the point where he was excluded from the courtroom, and he could be, if it was a point where he, his, his behavior was such that he could not be kept in the courtroom, the case would be tried without him being present. Now, that might still be what his attorneys would prefer one way or the other. But this, this is literally at the day one level. This is just barely getting underway. And Donald's already doing this kind of crap. It's going to only get worse. Now, it, it, and, and, and worse, worse comes in many forms these days. Worse, for me, uh, includes the apparent incapacity of, of uh, the Speaker of the House and his caucus to make any kind of headway on uh, raising the federal debt limit. I mean, I could spend, I, I can't tell you how much time on that, and, and, and the, the stupidity and the surreality of even imagining that we would allow the nation to default, but that seems to be where they are right now. Uh, Biden, to his credit, is holding firm and saying, show me your budget. This is how it's normally done. The, you know, the, 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 in this instance, Show me what your budget is, and we'll begin negotiations on that. But one way or the other, I'm not negotiating the debt limit. You have to, we have to pay the bills that have already been incurred. And, 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 and I guess McCarthy's caucus, the crazies, basically are saying, no, we, 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 we will negotiate that as well. We basically are going to go for blood. We're, gonna, we're going all the way down to the wire. We're pulling out all the stops. We will not raise the debt limit if we don't get everything we want. Imagining somehow that negotiating or non-negotiations with, with, uh, with Joe Biden, somehow the, equating Biden with McCarthy as he was going through the 15 votes it took for him to finally uh, surrender everything he had, imagining that Biden will be like McCarthy, that he'll just keep giving up and giving up and giving up and giving it all away until there's nothing left to give up. And they'll get everything they want, not knowing why they've gotten it or what it's for, except they could say they won and tell their, uh, tell their red meat constituents out there that we, we, we really stuck it to the libs, not realizing that they're going to be hurting their own population with whatever the insanity is that they're looking to do. But you got to at least start somewhere. You got to at least say, here's what I want. Give me a bare bones budget that we can work with. Nope, they, they, they just can't do that. Please, says McCarthy to Biden, give me something I can take back. Tell me what you, give, give me a starting, uh, a starting bunch of concessions. Tell me what you're willing to concede so that I can take that back to my caucus. My caucus. I could take it back to the red meat people who are running me. No, says Biden, that's not how it works. And that's how it has to be. This is insanity. They simply are playing this thing for the politics of it. It's blatant, pure, absolute, nothing but political theater. It has nothing to do with reality whatsoever. There, I can't even understand 
what it is that they would be achieving for their own population by cutting everything uh, somehow, some way, and, 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 and choosing the worst possible things to go after. Now they're after police. Now they're after uh, the federal, uh, the federal uh, police authority. They're after the FBI. They're after the military. They're after everyone and everything that traditionally they were supporters of. All of that is just for the sake of cut, 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 anything, every way you possibly can. It doesn't matter. We don't care. We simply have to cut. I've got nothing against budgeting correctly and budgeting wisely. But you can't just say, give me my solution and expect that Biden and his people are somehow going to give you your solution. It's not going to happen. I don't, I don't know where that goes. And it, it, if I had any kind of a sense of, well, it'll work itself out, that, that was further crushed by what happened yesterday in Tennessee. Yeah, you, you can't possibly have missed this. Three members of the, well, Tennessee is a, the reddest of red states. They have, uh, their, their, their state legislature is, has a super majority of Republic, white male Republicans in the House and the Senate. Uh, they have probably the most insane, uh, unconcealed carry, uh, permit-free uh, laws concerning guns. You can carry your, a your AK-15 in the street, and it's an AK-15. If I think I'm, I'm reporting this correctly, that you won't. That you could have just by requesting a permit, you would get one. You don't have to go through any special testing on it. It's it's an insane series of laws. That were, that were shown to be as bizarre and useless and ineffective as anyone can possibly be, that there's no meaning to them, there's no rationale to them, by the murder of the three nine-year-old kids and the workers at the Christian school in the suburbs of Memphis about uh, nine or ten days ago. And these Democratic members of the, uh, of the House... Uh, two black guys, uh, both first name Justin, and uh, a, a white woman, a 60-year-old white uh, teacher, who's also a member, were trying to discuss the fact that Tennessee law must change. We can't just have this open carry. We can't just have everybody buy an AR-15 and carry it around and do whatever you want. We've got... Well, every time they try to say something on the floor... The gavel came down from the speaker, and they were cut off. And it, 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 was, it was pretty consistent. And finally, the three of them basically protested. And they came in with a group of people. Uh, they had a bullhorn. And they went and just sort of came into the chamber and began basically speaking their mind through a bullhorn in the chamber and not listening to the demands of shut the hell up. 
we don't want to talk about this. You can't talk about this here. This is Tennessee. We are white Republicans, and we don't do that because we are owned by the NRA. We are owned by the gun lobby. The Tennessee uh, Gun Manufacturers Association pays a lot of money for us to be here and everything. So shut up. No, no, they wouldn't shut up. And when it was all over, a motion was made to have the three people, the two black guys and the white woman, to have them all expelled from the Tennessee legislature. Now, every other legislature in the country, beginning with the Congress of the United States, when there is misbehavior on the part of members, and there is always some, and there's been plenty throughout history, the standard move is either you begin by, you know, getting the sergeant at arms, remove them from the floor if it won't happen, you know, if they won't leave on their own, or you basically, uh, beyond that, you make a motion for censure. And that is a technical statement. It, it is a, the opinion of the legislative body that you have done something inappropriate versus the body. What you don't do to a, quote, first offender uh, congressperson, in this case a representative, you know, whatever, whatever the case, you, you don't begin by expelling them. Th that hasn't been done anywhere in this country. I think it's been done maybe twice or three times in our history. And, and, and it's been done for, for far more egregious things, not for basically protesting uh, a lack of action in gun law after all these ki after kids have been killed and, and you are basically told to shut up and sit down every time it happens. Well, th the Tennessee legislature actually went ahead and voted on the expulsion of these three members. And they did it with stone face. I was watching, they had this on TV. The world watched this. It, 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 it's insane that this happened. But they were basically, they got their comeuppance. Oh, those, those dark boys got their comeuppance. Three votes were taken. And when the votes were over, the two black uh, representatives had been, had been expelled from the chamber. But the white woman was not all over their desire, their, their, their rational right, their need to express that the Tennessee laws are insane and need to be changed. After being told that they weren't allowed to speak in a rational manner at all, after being shut up again and again, after being gaveled out, being told that they really could not continue to talk about this stuff. Now, this is not a good look for the Tennessee legislature. This is not a good look for the United States. And I, I basically, uh, I have to go back to what happened on, I guess it's, it's Wednesday morning, after the, uh, after the arraignment and indictment of, uh, indictment and arraignment of, of, uh, of Donald Trump. In, the, in New York court in Center Street. John Meacham, who I, I respect endlessly and, 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 and hugely and, and perpetually uh, as a insightful human, a brilliant 
a brilliant presidential and other American aspects of America historian, made a statement uh, on TV the following morning. And he said, based on what I saw happen, especially what happened after the arraignment, and in what was said by, the, by, by Trump, and, then, and what happened that night at his rally down in Mar-a-Lago, he said, we are entering, we are in an absolutely uncharted, incredibly dangerous place and time in this country. We don't know where this will end or if it can end well, simply because the people who are most frightened and offended by things, the, 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 the red meat Republicans, the MAGA base, basically has been convinced and told that it's okay to be scared out of your mind. It's okay to live in a state of fear and to basically react in any way that fear would dictate that you should because it's all that's left to you. If you don't react excessively, says Donald and others, and by example, what the Tennessee legislature just did, if you don't go out of your mind and act like a complete lunatic and completely overreact and prove to the world how frightened you are, you're going to lose it all anyway. So, so essentially, these people, the, the, the people supporting Donald, the people supporting running around the streets carrying AR-15s, the entire Republican legislature of the state of Tennessee, these people are living in a state of absolute fearful hopelessness. Hopeless people will do really weird things. And especially when that hope is endorsed and reinforced by someone like a former president of the United States and the behaviors that you're seeing in the U.S. Congress and that level of insanity and this, 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 sense, of, this sense of absolutely apocalyptic doom and gloom that seems to be driving people as though no matter what we do, we have to go over the deep end because it's all I don't know, is it all over already? I, 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 I'm not sure what's driving them. But what I sense, what I sense so deeply in this people, in these people, is a sense of fear. Fear. Giving hopelessness. To be hopeless is to be in perfect fear. To be loveless. To, to have fear is to have no sense of love. To have love is to have a sense of hope and transition and change and betterment and evolution in a positive direction. This is the antithesis of this. These people that we're watching essentially have given up on this country given up on the process. And all that's left to them is to grab and grasp and take by any means they can whatever it is they feel they can get because they know ultimately that just the demographics of this country, 
are going are turning against them. They know that they can't do this by by dint of being nasty, mean, angry white guys who basically can control everything any way they want. That is going away. And the fear of that is what keeps driving this type of thing on. Looking at Tennessee, the world is looking at a bunch of frightened old white men, basically who are willing to do anything and ignore death and destruction and mayhem in their own state, ignore the obvious culpability that they have for allowing automatic weapons to proliferate on the streets. They, 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 they can't because... What's more important than our jobs? What's more important than being in control? What's more important? And if I equate my job as a as a congressperson or a, or a, or a representative, if that is tantamount to the safety and the future of the country of the United States of America, and everything will go to hell if I, well, then you can you can allow yourself in your mind to go pretty far. Well, if on top of that, leaders aren't there to hold these wackos in check, it gets very bad very quickly. And I go back to Meacham, Meacham saying, this is uncharted territory. I don't know, says Don, you know, John Meacham, who, who is, who is a, you couldn't have a greater history of, Amer a greater uh, you know, student of American history and, and, and one who would, we would think would be capable of making some kind of rational prediction about where things might go out based on prior knowledge of how the country has operated. No, Meacham says, I don't know. I don't know how this can come out. Which to me says it can come out well, it can basically, we can make this part of a learning time for us. We can go in a right direction, but we will not get there if good people are silent at this moment in history. So much as, as was said at the Nuremberg trial. This is not the moment for us to shut up. This is not the moment for those two black guys named Jason to just shut up and sit down and say nothing and allow themselves to be gaveled out of uh, any kind of conversation. This is not the moment. It can't be done that way anymore. If anything, they showed the world what fear is, look, what, what fear looks like in the state of Tennessee. The, 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 you know, McCarthy and, and his cohorts are showing the world what fear looks like in, in the US Congress. We're seeing this again and again. We're watching people who basically are getting to the point of hopelessness. And, and, and if, you really, if you really wanna get to the point of, of, of really getting a little irony out of all this, these, these hopeless people who are avowed Christians, we're in, we're in, this today is Good Friday. And this is the start of the passion, the, his, the, the, the recollection of the passion of Jesus, which ends on Easter Sunday. You go from the hopelessness of this guy, this leader, this person that everybody was looking to, so the story goes, and everybody wanted him, and, 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 and how does it end up? Well, between the Romans and, 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 and the Jewish leaders of the time, the guy gets himself crucified. The worst, worst possible form of death. Just horrific suffering attached with that. A slow, painful death. 
whoever came up with that. Just, just, just a monstrous thing to have to go through. And yet, three days later, you know, if, if you want to believe this, if you want to believe the theology behind it, the man rises from the dead, or God raises him up, or whatever, whatever the mechanism is supposed to be. But it's hope. For, forget, forget the theology, please. Don't get hung on that. The message. Hope overcoming fear. Hope overcoming fear. Can you imagine that legislature in Tennessee? Can you imagine the MAGA controllers of the House of Representatives somehow, somehow processing in their minds the notion that hope can overcome fear? as they basically spiral downward in their actions, in their thoughts, in their words, in their intransigence, in their hatred, as all of this plays out the way it does. Can you imagine that there is any connection whatsoever with Christianity and the story of Christianity? And in the Jewish Passover story, remember, Passover was a major component of what happened throughout the entire Passion period. Christ was, <laughs> Jesus was uh, having a Passover dinner. Uh, it's funny how Passover, first night of Passover uh, last night was, uh, you know, uh, basically it's the, it's the same, I think, was it last night was the first night of Passover? Or was it, 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 it literally, it, it's, it's not very often that the two sets of holidays uh, correspond. There's a lunar basis for setting one, a solar basis for setting the other. It should be the same. It's all the same story, but that's also part of the history of us uh, drifting off in different directions. Uh, <laughs> you know, the same God, God is giving us different storylines and everybody gets to fight over uh, the same God, but he's telling us different stories about himself and we get to fight over, well, forget all that. Tennessee legislators, you wonderful old white men sitting there, so righteous and so perfect. Are, are, are you understanding what hope is? Do you understand what happened to three nine-year-old kids not too far from where you were sitting yesterday and possibly today? I don't know if you're in session today. Do you, un do you understand what, what you're doing? McCarthy and your crowd, do you understand what you're doing? Do you understand that you're simply telling the world that you're hopeless, that you're telling our enemies that America basically has nothing left in the tank? These people are hopeless. That a may not, and not only do these people have nothing left in the tank, 25% of the country, maybe, but on top of that, the, the system is rigged in such a way that that 25% can strangle everything else for the 75%. That 75% of the people can be for rational gun checks. That 80% that can be for getting rid of assault weapons. None of that matters. None of that matters because a minority can run the whole show because of the way we've learned to rig our own system against the people of this country. I'm counting on young people. I'm counting on what I saw <coughs> yesterday in Tennessee especially. That young people are basically going to understand that this is their future. <clears throat> that if you allow this to go on, 
If you allow the, the, the insane anti-abortion laws that are coming up around the country right now, if you allow the insane gun laws to stay on the books, if you allow automatic weapons, if you allow no controls, if you allow this fearful machoism of if you allow this binary choice between us and them, whatever that really means when, you're, when you've gotten to the point of paranoia, if you allow this to persist, this is going to dictate your future in this America. And there's no reason for it. Because this particular group of, of young people coming up right now is probably the least prejudiced and, and, and the least the least constrained by these ancient prejudices that ultimately get expressed by what we're seeing right now, given the opportunity to express it that way, the least constrained by that of any generation probably in the last hundred years. And they're going to become active. They've got to become active. You young people, who's ever listening right now, you... Don't walk away from the franchise. Don't walk away from, ah, oh, it doesn't matter. I don't care. It's just going to go on. I don't have to vote. It's, uh, nah. No. No, 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 no. As we approach 2024, you must prepare to vote like your very life and future and liberty depend on it. I, I don't know if that if that's getting through, but 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 maybe this will get get this in your head. You have a binary choice here. You have Trumpism and Donald and everything he stands for, which is the destruction of the rule of law and the breaking of all rules and norms and getting what you want by any means. You have that versus a constitutional democratic series of processes, including the protection of the franchise, the right to vote, and the, and the respecting of the results of elections. You cannot have Donald and America. You must choose one or the other. I tell you this, and I'll say it again and again, and I said it the first time on a show, I, I couldn't believe I heard myself saying this about two and a half, three years ago, on, these, on this very microphone. And, and, and now it's, it's all coming back to roost. All of this is just, is, is so crystalline, is so crystallized and so clear. You can't have American functioning as America and Trumpism at the same time. Take your choice. It's an either-or proposition. I can't want to have Donald back. I can't want to do whatever the hell he says. I can't, I can't be willing to just break every rule and law, and Donald gets in because he's Donald and nothing can stop. You can't have that and have something called America. And ultimately, if you think you can, you will watch America basically evaporate before you. And you will watch those people who are basically going to feed off of Donald, at the tra of Donald, will basically be taking over. And you will watch one freedom after the next disappear. There will be no meaning to America whatsoever. I tell you this with all, with all honesty and all sincerity. Keep that in mind, please. But again, from a... From a from a theological or a Christian perspective, if that means anything to you, there's hope. 
There is a resurrection after the death that takes place that we commemorate this Friday, this Good Friday. Easter Sunday, hope wins out. Can't lose hope. Can't lose hope. Please, do not lose hope for this country. But that means voting and choosing correctly. David's going to be with us in a few minutes. A little jazz. This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. 
Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Think of it this way. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can. On a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, whatever you can contribute to make center-left radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident and as we seek to hold the House Democrats accountable for the promises they made to the American people during the last election. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, thank you. You're listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz, and you're listening to us on the web at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. This is the type of uh, atmosphere, these are the days, this is the stuff that we've been sort of thinking about, predicting, uh, knowing that we uh, had to face, talk about, uh, you know, playing the games anyway, any analogy that we've used over the years. But we're in that that part of the game right now and that makes me particularly happy that we have someone to bounce it off of of the caliber and the consistency of uh, my Friday co-host you know the words that come next David what's on your mind well thankfully it was a super slow week Um, (laughs) yeah Oh, yeah. If you want to hear more from me, you can you can follow me on Twitter at Faces uh, Ideasco. Um, look, let, let's just take this day by day because that's the only way it is. Monday was, um, we forgot all the lessons of 2016, so we're going to watch Trump's uh, plane at the tarmac for four hours Yeah. Um, day. So nothing really happened. Then. Tuesday was the Trump arraignment. Um, he got 34 counts. He pled not guilty that Next time he's going to be in court is like December. Yeah. But he's just going to fundraise off this and it'll disappear the ether for a while until the next one charges him. And hopefully those are more, not yeah, more significant because this one is, you know, the least of his crimes. Um, This is not going to guarantee that he wins the election. It's a, probably guarantees he wins the primary because apparently DeSantis is going to cede the early states to him to try to get the big uh, uh, 
the bigger ones, which worked so well for everybody else who's trying to do that for him. Um, but yeah, it's, it is what it is. Defending it is just absurd. Um, I, I do like my favorite response to it has probably been from Charlie Kirk, whose response has been, uh, uh, we should go arrest Bill Clinton. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. which my response is, how about? Yeah. If you, like, like what planet do you live on where you think arresting Bill Clinton will have anywhere near the same effect than what you're currently having? Like, it, it, it's just, it's just stupidity. And I, and I just want to make, I want to make, I want to make one comment though about your statement that it was okay, probably the least of his crimes, which it may on a comparative level be. But it is crimes. It's something that you or I would be arrested for. In New York State, by the way, the way the documentation lays out, and I've read the documentation that they have, I've read the indictment, and of course the, the, the narrative of fact, which is extremely, this is a effing slam dunk. People are, are charged and convicted and basically sent up on something like this on a regular basis in New York. This is not some unique thing. And this is a standardly charged crime. The tax criminal activity, that is normal. And they know, and, and when, when, his, when his lawyer stood outside and said, there's nothing here, there's everything there. So uh, it's, I, 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 not, not, that, not that what he, other things he did were, were comparatively worse. No, but he committed crimes and the crimes are being charged. Yeah, when I when I, I don't I'm not denying it. That's why I say it's the least of his crimes. Yeah. Um, and it's also again worth mentioning, this crime has already been successfully prosecuted right. against his organization, right, and people in it. Right. The only reason Donald Trump was not involved in it as individual one is because Bill Barr blocked it. Exactly. This is this is an effing slam dunk case that 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 Alvin Bragg has here right now. And if he gets him on any one of the 34 counts that carries four years. I mean, it's that's that's what we're up against. That's what he's up against. And you can say whatever the hell you want. But that's the reality. Right. So that was Tuesday, which it's truly incredible that that then gets overshadowed by everything else that happens. But yeah. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. So then we have Wednesday. Now there was a little. There's this story that keeps popping up. It's it's a very consequential short story, but it's just a very weird one. In North Carolina, there is a Democrat who switched to be a Republican. Now things like that are kind of rare, but it's a very weird situation in that she was a Biden plus twenty district. She easily won her election was kind of progressive in some of the things she ran on and by randomly switching has given them of the Republicans a veto proof supermajority in both houses. Yeah. 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 It's a very weird thing that happened. It's a bad thing that happened. North Carolina will probably pass similar abortion, possibly the, uh, the hunting, uh, the, the, you can't pass the border, uh, Bounty bills that passed in, I don't remember where they passed it, um, but that that's something that happened. Also, one of these other states, I can't remember which one it was, passed um, the uh, Let Me See Your Genitals bill, 
um, which is uh, if your child wants to compete, somebody has to uh, be able to inspect their genitals to make sure they're the proper sex, which, you know, <laughs> totally normal thing to do. Um, seeing that there's like... Yeah, I, I remember that happening when I wanted to join my high school basketball team. Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, 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 of course. Um, God. Well, let, let's also talk about some other things. Uh, just on this topic for transfer, because they had both a really big win and a big loss on Thursday. Um, the Supreme Court, 7-2, to the conservative Supreme Court, 7-2. to Basically, I think it was Thomas, and I want to say it was Alito, were in the dissent that um, a 12-year-old in West Virginia had sued because they had basically banned that specific individual from competing in sports. Right. Um, and they... Uh, the court said, no, 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 they can compete until this law is passed or whatever. Um, but they said, yeah, this, this person can compete. However, the Biden administration then updated its Title IX guidance about trans people, basically trying to cut a compromise. Now, let's be clear about this. There is no compromise on this. The goal, the end goal of conservatives with trans people is they do not exist. You cannot compromise with these people on this. Also, if you're going to compromise, you have to actually get something. Yeah, this is, yeah, yeah. Which they did not. So what happened is the Biden administration said, if it's like a really competitive, like high school or college team, you can bar trans people from it, but you can't do a state blanket ban, which is fine. They'll just label everything competitive and they'll get, they'll figure out how to get around. But there is, there was, this is first a rollback of what he said when he came into office and also a compromise with nothing. You, you don't just, it, it's bad politics. I don't know who who was in charge of doing this, but this was this was a mistake. We're about a month out from that just outright saying, yeah, we need to eliminate transgender people. We're two weeks out from Tucker Carlson basically saying the only uh, either transgenders exist or Christians exist. Like this is not a good move. I don't know what the fuck this is. Um, it's. It's ridiculous. I he, he, here's a thought on this. I I see two issues here. The one is whether there is fairness in having somebody uh, with a let's say a, a former biological male competing in a female-based sport, if that person arguably does or doesn't have a physical advantage because of their prior biological, of their prior uh, gender identity. That's, that's, that's one thing. That's over here. The other thing, though, is the anger and the fear and the hatred and the just focus on transgender people generally. And that, I think, is the more dangerous, uh, ultimately, the more dangerous thing. I can also see how when you when you deal with the one, you automatically feed into the other. That's that's it's 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 a real issue here. And obviously, transgender people are entitled to every single right of every other American in the sports area. If there is an unfair advantage situation, I'm. I'll be honest with you, David. I'm open to some rational way of determining if somebody does have an unfair advantage. If you're still, if you're still bulked up like a male, you go into, you go into, uh, into, into uh, swimming, 
and your capacity, your physical state is such that you're basically taking advantage of your earlier male gender status, I'm not sure that I would find that completely fair from a competitive point of view. But what I find utterly unfair is the notion that all transgenders will be uh, looked down upon and that there will be bias against them and everything else. That's, that's my personal view. You may disagree with me. Right. Um, without going into it deeper, because it is a more nuanced discussion, I yes. want to reiterate just exactly how small these numbers are that we're, we're talking about. Yeah. We're talking about mostly high school kids. Yeah. A bunch of these states that have passed the uh, you can't, uh, you can't play sports if you're transgender type bills have between zero and one trans kid in the entire state. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. We're talking, there's 1.6 million trans people. Yeah, yeah, it's, in the it's, it's, I, I get it. It's bullshit. It's all culture wars bullshit. And I'm, yeah, no, we're, I, I could not be more in agreement with you that this is a load of crap in, in that regard. Yes, of course. Right. Um, but let's move on to some good news. We got some really important election results on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, uh, Brandon Johnson won in uh, Chicago. Yeah. It was a little, it was close, but it was good that he won. He's the more progressive uh, candidate, and hopefully, um, he's able to do some actual good policies there. And it's going to be worth mentioning that, and this is something that people are going to ignore the nuance of. The police department said that they would have between eight hundred and a thousand resignations if he got if he got elected. Now, and this has happened in other states. If the police don't like the policies that a person is doing, they will sometimes just stop doing their job. Uh. This is not a thing that should cause tough on crime policies to come back. It is a thing that should lead to the firing of those police officers because you can't just say, oh, yeah, I'm going to not do my enforcement until you give me like favorable things that allow me to enforce people more unfairly. Like it's just not a good policy. Like there was, there was, there was a really funny example of this that the New York city police did one time. Um, they either stopped arresting fair jumpers or stopped arresting um, uh, public urination. And it had, like, zero impact on the crime statistics. Except for, uh, except for the crime of uh, fair, fair jumping and, 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 and public right, urination. Like, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. overall chaos and like they, that they expected didn't happen because yeah, a lot of yeah. times you criminalize things yeah. that are, don't need to be criminalized. Um, so good. I'm, I'm happy you won. But more importantly... This is definitely more important. Wisconsin voted in the Democratic candidate for the Supreme Court, tilting in favor. By and a, not only by a huge they, margin, yeah, yeah. She walloped him. They called that race, like, immediately. She won by, like, double digits. And because of this, now they can start ungerrymandering the, sit, the state. And when they attempt to steal the election of that day, and they, I don't use this in the same way that uh, Republicans use the word steal. They, they've, like, openly admitted they're not going to be able to win the White House if they can't control the Wisconsin right. Supreme Court because they want to be able to throw out results they don't like. 
but you heard you, and you heard the reaction. Uh, I, I believe it was was it. Yeah, you're probably going to get to this. I know. What's the reaction against her that's already coming up in Wisconsin? Oh, they're going to try to impeach her. They're going to try to impeach her. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. The, the woman hasn't even been seated. And I, I it, it would it would be it would be insanity. It would be. In, but but. But after what happened, well, you're going to get up to Tennessee, I'm sure, in a few minutes. But uh, uh, yeah, oh I also God. don't think they have the numbers to impeach her. Yeah, but that's that's yeah. not the uh, that's not the issue that you would even no, bring it up at this point is insanity. It's it's, it's just more anti-democratic shit. One of the more anti-democratic states in the country. Yeah. Now, speaking of which, uh, let's go to Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so Tennessee has had an interesting uh, week or so. Um, they had the, the Nashville shooting. Then as part of a protest, they basically took over their Capitol for a little bit just to protest it. And a couple of their lawmakers were on the floor, I guess, siding with the protesters. Now, yeah. the protest wasn't to go out and overturn democracy. It wasn't to murder the vice president. It wasn't to, uh, they didn't come with handcuffs and weapons and things. This wasn't an insurrection. This was young people protesting that in Tennessee, as in many states, they're not doing anything about the fact that they're getting murdered in schools yeah. or anywhere else. Um, Tennessee responded by basically passing, uh, we're going to arm the teachers' bills and some other uh, pro-gun policies that won't help. Yeah. They then responded by deciding to remove, attempt to remove three lawmakers, those three lawmakers, um, that went along with what, the protests that were that were taking place. Yeah, yeah. Right. Under the specific rationale that they used, I don't even know. I think it was something about violence that the connection. It proved. was. It was. It was breach of rules of decorum of the Senate of, of the of the of the Tennessee House or something 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 equally arcane. You know. Um, and so when they voted, uh. The um, there was three outcomes, so two of them got got removed. Now, what happens is they have a special election, which those people aren't barred from running it. Yeah, which means they're just going to re- win election again, and they're probably going to win by more. And in response to that, they're going to have galvanized. They're going to have started a grassroots cam- campaign that they can then spread and build on. For the 2024 election, yeah, and have become uh, more more significant names, and have now have rising stars, yeah. in their pocket, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so well done there, and also well done on being as as uh, as explicitly racist as you could be without admitting it. Because of the the three people, the only one they didn't expel was the elderly white woman. Both of the two young black guys got thrown a, out. A 60 year old white teacher. Did not get expelled, and the two black guys, both named Jason, uh, by I don't know if that means anything, but both, by the way, both quite eloquent. Uh, as wa- as was the teacher herself. I heard her speak. Um, it's 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 just, I mean, how these people cannot imagine that they are bringing shame on themselves and and bringing just just derision on the country. But 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 they're past that. They're too frightened. They're too frightened to even notice that anymore. The fear that these people are living under, to do something like this, I, I can't imagine how afraid, but the level of fear in their hearts in order to actually act like this. 
This, I mean, this is a sick bunch of people. It's it, they have to gerrymand the hell out of this state now because they have they're going to get walloped if they don't, or at least hopefully they get walloped because young people are going to come out in 2024 in in a way that we've probably never seen before. Yeah, and it's got to happen throughout the country. It's going to happen. The, the, the right. Republicans are giving people every reason in the world, young people especially. Hey, you want to live in a, in a country with any kind of freedoms or do you just want to you know, pretend that it's all going to be okay and we'll let anything happen politically? Because what happens politically doesn't affect me. No, it all affects you. And here's, here's the, the, the thing. There's going to be areas. It, it is certainly possible that the Republican Party, at least in this current iteration, won't have the ability to obtain national power on any significant scale. Like, they may win the House from time to time. Um, I don't think they'll have, like, super control of the Senate because a lot of times their candidates are crazy. Apparently, Marjorie <laughs> Kelly Green might be running against John Ossoff. Um which would objectively be the, one of the funniest things that I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, but knowing Georgia will go to runoff. Um, but that would be – I'm sorry. Go ahead. They, on the other hand, they'll have these, these states that they've either gerrymandered or so red, like Kentucky and uh, Tennessee and some of these, like, super red states, where they're going to build these, like, anti-democratic hellholes. That's what it's going to be. They're going to, like, uh, purge trans people. They're going to, like, force women to carry these pregnancies or throw them in jail for it. They're going to, like, sap all the resources out of um, education. They're going to, like, it. they're just going to have these, these, like, little pockets of crazy town that there's just no way to break out of because they're just either so red or so uh, red in general or they're so gerrymandered it doesn't make it like there's no way to, to overcome it D david i said it in the first segment of the show that that there is a binary choice that's in front of us now it's either you are either trumpian or you are american you have a choice of the two you can't be both or I, and i mean american in the sense of having a functional uh, constitutional democracy that looks anything like what we've had for the last 240 years. So what will happen is you, you can go ahead and you can destroy what we have. You can try to do it in a pocket of the country, but that can't last for any great length of time because then you're going to have the copycats who will attempt to do that. And you invariably create a situation where now you have a... I don't want to call it a unified group, but a, a group of people in various parts of various states who are setting up a process that is diametrically opposed to the overarching rules, norms, history, ethics, everything else of the Constitution and the country we live in. And this is when the real, 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 real danger happens. And that's why this election coming up right now... Well, I, I don't know that it can change anything. It, it could slow this down, and maybe you can hope that the fever will break at some point. I don't know. But we're going in that direction right now, and it's kind of scary. Yeah. Um, it's going to be – you can't – first of all, centrism is not the way to go. You cannot reach out to these people and meet them no, halfway. No, they're, they're, because they're, halfway is – 
They're in the middle. They have a. Fe- they're in a fevered state. These people are fevered <laughs> right now. They're frightened. They're scared to death. You have to, and uh, this has been proven in the poll, be unabashedly progressive. Michigan yeah. just repealed their abortion law. Michigan just did right to work. Which, uh, not Wisconsin. Minnesota did um, uh, universal free child uh, lunch. Like those are the policies. Push yeah. for that. We push for the expansion of the child tax credit again. Progressive policies are the answer to this, not neoliberalism, because neoliberalism leads you to France, where Macron is going to get obliterated. He's going to lose his election to whatever fascist runs by probably 10 plus points. Yeah, yeah. Could you define what you mean by neoliberalism? Uh, This, like, you know, let's compromise, let's, you know— you know, let the, the market figure it out. We can, you know, we can have these like cost cutting policies that are, um, you know, keeping the market good. Let's keep things like status quo. We, we can, there's the status quo type protections. Okay. So, so in other words, it's not real, it's not even real liberalism. It's, it's just, let's keep the status quo. Let's just not have any conflicts. Let's not recognize that, that change is a necessary component of, of positive evolution. We're just going to try to keep it where it is and keep everybody happy. Big come by ya. Yeah, I get that. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It can't be. <clears throat> It can't be a stopgap. You can't stop the backward progress. You have to push for forward progress. Yeah. And it has to be larger progress because big things, If you, even if you're trying to compromise, like let's say you ultimately have to compromise because you know people like Cinema and Mansion exist. You can't start with whatever their demands are. You have to go big and bold, and yeah. then you can get back to – like, like let, let's be clear. Like Joe Biden – I don't, I'm not entirely sure that he wanted to do the, the originally built back better. But if he had wanted that, the, the full 3.7 over the 10 years, he could have gone and started with the Bernie plan, which would have been $10 trillion over 10 years, and then come back down to $3 trillion over 10 years. Yeah. Like, don't start with what you want to obtain. Go big. It's the only. It's the only way. And now, obviously, it's it's irrelevant because nothing was going to pass the the House or the Senate, um, which on the upside is good because Joe Biden's not going to impeach. Like they they can't do. They are so inept at any level of governance that requires anything that isn't performative nonsense. It's it's actually incredible. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. David, uh, <laughs> well, once again, uh, this is why they play the games. Uh, we're getting further and deeper into this, uh, into this morass. This, this uh, again, I, I, I keep going back to uh, fear as the foundation for most of the behavior that I'm seeing on the Republican side. And there and, and the fear is leading to a hopelessness and the hopelessness is, is leading to irrational behavior. And this is simply uh, what we're gonna have to deal with and work with going forward. Uh, I have hopes. I, 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 I am hopeful that this can become better and will become a better situation. But I just, uh, I'm not certain. I'm not positive. I'm not sure that anyone is right now. So we're going to wait and see. And uh, we're going to do our best. And we're going to be here at Center Left Radio. And you'll be. And where will you be as well, David? Tell our listeners, please. Uh, faces, ideas, do on Twitter. Okay. 
once again, thank you, and uh, I look forward to our next set of conversations. It looks as though uh, it'll always be an interesting one as we go forward. Uh, a perfect moment uh, for, uh, as we have this religious holiday weekend all over, uh, basically. Uh, why not uh, a little more jazz? been listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. The, re the Republican irrationality in their political actions is something that, that is dangerous, not, because, not only because it shows their own hopelessness, but because that hopelessness can be communicated. And if enough of the base begins to feel equally hopeless, that's where the problem really comes in. In this religious weekend, hopefully there is hope.